Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today by, there's no one here, guys. It's just me. Um, I am newly back from LA where I had a magical time at the Del Close Marathon, which is an improv thing. It's not important. You don't need to know about it. But that's why I took a week off because I was in LA doing shows and the shows were great and it was very fun. Blah, blah, blah. I'm back now. But uh, if you follow me on social media, I was tweeting about how I had a great time in LA and I was very sad that I had to leave because I was having a good time with friends. Uh, As I said, doing shows, I've you know, started to wonder if I should move out there for uh, work opportunities. And I tweeted that I should have stayed in LA. And then what happened? Uh, There was not one, but two earthquakes. And listen, I know what that means. Having been raised Catholic, um, this is my fault. So I blame myself, I feel very guilty. I apologize to the entire state of California. Uh, I'll just say the entire West Coast. I'm sorry I had a good time. And I'm sorry that I told God I had a good time. And he, capital H, God is a man, I was raised Catholic, um, is punishing me now. And punishing all of you is a consequence. So I'm sorry. I never should have had fun. I never should have gone away. Uh, I'm kidding, but not really. It's it's hard when uh, you are raised Catholic. You're like, ha what a what a wacky thought to have. But it's still a thought where you're like, oh, did I do this? I did this. I'm sorry, everyone. I did this. I'm bad. I'm bad. I'm sorry. I'll just go say a hundred rosaries real quick. Bang out a hundred rosaries. And uh, I mean to say 100 Hail Marys. Oh, no. If there's another earthquake, it's because I called Hail Marys rosaries. But in all seriousness, sorry, guys. That sucks. That's really scary. Um, Hope you're all okay. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Hello, everyone. This is Light Trees and News. If you're new to the show, I'm your host, Allison Kilkenny. And it, I'm always on the show. Hi. If I'm never on the show, it's a weird fucking episode because this is my show. Sometimes I have a guest host with me, but other times I fly solo. And, and both are a good time. They're different in their own unique, special ways. So the show is divided into three parts. You're in the pop culture section now, which is when... I'll give my recommendations about stuff I'm reading or watching or listening to right now. And then we move on to bad news. Uh Uh-oh. But don't worry. We end every single episode of Light Trees and News with good news. So you can go out and start your day on a positive note or end your day on a positive note. Whenever you listen to the show. I think most of you listen to it in the morning, but who the hell knows? Uh, We are a weekly recap show, meaning the show airs, this differs, like Friday or Saturday or Sunday, but we recap the week prior. And you can support the show by going to lighttreason.news and smashing that donate button, or going to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Kilkenny where I post all different types of stuff. But for my $5 a month members and higher, you get to send questions that I'll answer on Light Trees and News. My co-host will answer on Light Trees and News. 
$10 a month members and higher get to participate in monthly online hangouts that are ever so much fun. We, we talk about all different types of stuff in the online hangouts, but mostly we just share photos of our pets, which is super fun. So let's go into recommendations. I feel like when I host by myself, guys, I feel like I cannot have a moment of silence or it just feels truly insane. Um, but yeah, you guys have been very complimentary about the solo episode. So thank you so much. Oh, and by the way, if you have any thoughts or feelings about any of the episodes, the best way to reach us is on Twitter using hashtag LightTreasonPod. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of those places. I would say, because someone asked me this the other day, where's the best place to reach you? I would say this is the order. Twitter, followed by Instagram, followed by, you can email us, uh, lighttreasonnews at gmail. Uh, and lastly, Facebook. I really don't check Facebook anymore because the Russians, I don't know. I don't know what that means. I just, I'm not on Facebook anymore. So recommendations. Um, I realized in saying that I would recommend stuff I've listened to or watched or read that I offered this as a recommendation a while ago, but it just took me a really long time to get through the book because I don't read. Um, (laughs) That's like half true. I'm very busy. Um, On my commutes now, I listen to podcasts and music, so I don't read on my commutes. So I have to set aside special time to read, and I don't have a lot of special time. But I finally finished the book The Heavens by Susan Newman, I believe, question mark. I think that's right. And it, it was good. It, it's a good book. Um, I don't know how much I can say without giving a lot of spoilers away, so I won't do that. But I will say the book involves a love story and uh, deals with like the consequences of time travel. I don't think that's a spoiler. I think that's actually like in the description or the book jacket of the book. But uh, do pick that up if you're looking for like a summer read while you're on the beach. I think that's like a good speed for that. So in viewing recommendations, the rest of these are viewing recommendations, everybody. Um, By the way, if anybody has like new music to send me, please do that because I feel like there were a lot of great summer bops that I have just played to death. Um, Here's what I like. Carly Rae Jepsen, Billie Eilish, uh, Lizzo. Obviously, I'm a white girl, so I love Wiz Lizzo. Um, sorry to be that white girl. I like Lizzo. And yeah, Megan Thee Stallion. That's like my speed. So if you're like, hey, I have something that would go along great with that, uh, send it to me. Thank you. So thus, the rest of my recommendations are viewing recommendations. So let's start at the top of my list. I just saw Spider-Man Far From Home. And don't worry, no spoilers. It's just a great, good time. Uh, It has one of the funniest openings of a comic book film I have ever seen. I actually gasped. Uh, It was so, so funny, so fun. Jake Gyllenhaal, great as Mysterio. Um, And I would say the only... The only negative I can think of, truly, because 
The casting is so perfect. I love Tom Holland. Who doesn't love Tom Holland? But Zendaya as well as as Mary Jane. What a delight. Um, And I will hear no negative comments about her. Please don't tweet me negative comments about Zendaya. Uh, The whole cast is great. I thought the story was uh, exactly what needed to happen after the heaviness of Endgame. Because Jesus Christ, I, I saw Spider-Man Far From Home at the Alamo and the Alamo is great because they give you a lot of background about movies before the movie starts. Normally where the, there would be like commercials for products and stuff, they actually just have little mini films about film, which is very cool. So they recapped like the eight prior Spider-Man films that have come out in like the past mm, decade if that maybe like six years um and one of the things they recapped was that horrible moment in uh infinity war when uh spider-man uh vanishes and like i have seen infinity war mm, three times so this was the fourth time i was seeing that scene and i still cried so infinity war and endgame super super heavy Uh, So, Spider-Man Far From Home, much lighter note, uh, and very meta, like a commentary on the oversaturation of of superheroes, what superheroes mean to us, um, CGI, all of that stuff. The the movie's very meta because they also comment on Endgame and what they call the blip when everybody disappeared in a very, very funny way. In the beginning where it's it's a lot of fan service where they're like, here are all the questions that you've had about the blip. Um, the characters in this universe also have the same questions. So that's very fun. Um, like I said, Jake Gyllenhaal's in his fucking element. It's like, who can we cast who has to be both likable, so likable, and a father figure and a villain? And that's not a spoiler. Um, Mysterio, classic a villain in this in this world. So if you don't know that, I can't help you. Okay, sorry. So, <laughs> sorry, I don't know why I said that. Uh, it's great. The only negative, okay, the only negative I can think to say, going back to that, is man, did this come out fast after Endgame. I feel like it's been an hour since Endgame came out. I mean, they're talking about re-releasing Endgame in the theater with, like, alternative footage, question mark, quote-unquote, um, just so they can finally beat uh, Avatar. Because why is Avatar still the highest-grossing film of all time? That's stupid. Have you ever met an Avatar fan? If you have, I bet they're a bad person. I'm just going to say that... I'm going to say that as a fact, if you liked Avatar, you're a bad person. <laughs> That's not true. I'm sure you're you're fine. Um, I question your judgment, though, because I think what happened with Avatar was there was just nonstop marketing about how this was the future of film, and everybody got really excited about the CGI, and they went, and they got wowed by the visual factor, and then as soon as they left the theater, they were like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> well, that was a bad movie, right? And everyone was like, yes, it was a bad movie. And that's why um, it was never a franchise because uh, the the studios knew it would tank. So the fact that it is still the number one grossing movie of all time is a travesty. So I think it's, you know, obviously 
the MC wants to make more money, but also it's like a pride thing where they're like, how are we still losing the Avatar? This is wild. Um, so, yeah. I mean, the fact that that might get re-released after Spider-Man Far From Home, it was just, it was fast, you know? And I think they wanted to put it out fast so they wouldn't lose momentum, but um, we haven't even gotten to, like, <clears throat> sit with the grief of losing... I mean, Iron Man and Captain America, and I can say that. If you haven't seen it by now, I can't protect you from spoilers forever, guys. Um, so, yeah, I, I loved it. Uh, other than the breakneck speed of it coming out, I thought it was great. Do you have thoughts? Hashtag pod. So I also saw, basically yesterday, all I did was see Spider-Man Far From Home, and watch Stranger Things season three on Netflix. Oh my God, guys. Before I move on to talking about uh, Stranger Things, I have to talk about my experience of seeing Spider-Man Far From Home. I just have to give a shout out to Brooklyn. You are never boring for a second. Um, I, so I get to the movie and... There is a guy with his girlfriend, like two rows behind me, who is just talking nonstop. And I'm already annoyed, but I have a very low threshold for that stuff, you know, men um, and their ridiculousness. So I was like, just breathe through it. And then all of a sudden I hear her say, you're asking a lot of questions. And I was like, okay, so we, it's both of us. We agree that he's the worst. I feel like if I scale back two rows and just throttle this guy, she might have my back. So I'm so busy thinking about this guy that I don't notice that there is other drama happening in the theater <laughs> until after the movie, I see like a very tense conversation happening among a group of people right outside the theater. And I realize it's the manager of the Alamo basically telling a woman that she has been banned for life from the theater, which I've never seen happen before. So I was like, ooh, let me eavesdrop a little bit to figure out what happened here. So I'm thinking like, was she on her phone? Was she talking? Because the Alamo is very serious about that. Usually they'll just kick you out of the movie, but I don't know, maybe, maybe it was more of a tense interaction and that's why she got banned for life. So here's what happened apparently, and this is according to the manager, several times, her words, during the movie, this woman got up out of her seat, left the theater, walked down the hallway, and walked into the kitchen to ask where her, her food was. So in case you don't know, the Alamo Theater is one of these theaters where you can order drinks and food uh, from your seat, and waiters will bring it to you during the movie. So apparently the food was taking too long for her. So she got up several times during the movie to go into the kitchen and berate the staff. What was even more wild about this is when she was being confronted by the manager, she was so calm. Like she couldn't understand why people were mad at her where she was like, no, 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 no. Um, allow me to tell my side of the story. My food didn't come out yet. So... I mean, I had to go into the kitchen to harass people. Like, she thought she was the normal one. It was wild, you guys. Okay, so Stranger Things. That was how I spent the rest of my day. Uh, this was all happening on July 4th. This is how I celebrate July 4th. 
I binge watched Stranger Things and then I went and I watched Spider-Man. And then on my way home, I accidentally saw some fireworks. So that was a pretty perfect day. So Stranger Things. Um, I know some people are totally over the show by now. I think there was a lot of oversaturation. Um, here's how oversaturated the Stranger Things kids are in our culture. They were at UCB during Herald Night. I told this story on the show, I think last uh, or two weeks ago now. They were in the audience. That's how everywhere the kids from Stranger Things are. Uh, I saw them in real life in the audience of a comedy show that I was performing in. Uh, and they seem like very nice kids. That's not a slight on them. It's just that truly they are everywhere, including in your real lives. <laughs> um, so I know some people are burnt out from the show just from, you know, it was such a, a cultural tsunami uh, that it was everywhere in every aspect of pop culture. So some people are very like, yawn, who cares, season three. I love season three. I think it's great. There's the introduction of a, a very cool new character. Um, and I don't know how much I want to give away because I think there are some very cool reveals that I don't want to like, um, you know, ruin for everybody. So I'll try to speak as broadly as possible about it. Um, there's a new character named Robin who's very cool. She works at the ice cream shop with uh, Steve, who continues to just be th maybe the greatest character of all time <laughs> on any show. He's just so cool, and they've just the writers have done such a good job developing him that he is, I think, the most interesting character on the show at this point. At least, like the most, uh, the richest, I'll say, in terms of. Uh, just his his background, his character arc, where he is right now. I think he has had a really cool journey. But Robin is a really cool um, complimentary character to Steve. Because I think that the danger with Steve now is burning out on Steve. Because everybody loves him. They want to see him in every scene. There's very cool moments. Uh, he and Dustin spend a lot of time together. I think Dustin's maybe my second favorite character on the show at this point. Um, I think the character that has been neglected the most, or characters, I'll say plural, are Elle and Mike. I, I didn't really care a lot about them this season. Um, weirdly, I cared more about Billy <laughs> than either of them, which is wild. They've done a really good job developing Max, too. Um, and I, I will say this, Max and Elle, they developed their friendship, which was really, really important on this show because... We've established that the boys have this great friendship. Uh, they do a lot of cool stuff with Will this season and like how he feels like the circle of their friendship is falling apart because Lucas and Mike have girlfriends and they're growing up and they all have different interests at this point. Um, so we've established this like core group of amazing friends, but the show has not historically been great developing uh, female characters, specifically female characters' friendship. So it was very cool that Max and Elle had a lot of moments this season where we got to see, like, you know, female friendship is as important as male friendship, but it's different in, in several key ways. And I thought the writers really understood the different ways that, that women and girls bond versus how boys bond. So that was interesting. And I love, love, love that the mall was such a huge 
feature of season three. Like several key moments happen at the mall and man, they just nailed 80s, early 90s malls so well. Not in an overly nostalgic way because, you know, Stranger Things has been accused in the past of relying so heavily on nostalgia that sometimes you're like, is this show good right now or am I just so nostalgic that I'm imprinting on it that it's good? I think that's like the most severe criticism that's been leveled at Stranger Things. I don't agree with it, but that's what people have said where they're like, you don't actually like this show. You're just very nostalgic for the 80s. But they show the bad things about the mall too, which is of course mom and pop shops closing on Main Street and all of that stuff too. So it's not as though the Duffer brothers and the writers are like, man, isn't the mall awesome? They show the dark side of it too. And it's kind of a, I would say like a watered down critique of capitalism. Um, But yeah, I really enjoyed it. Are you guys caught up? You know, this, the very big spoilers I want to give right now, you know what I'm talking about. How did you feel about them? Hashtag light trees and pod. Let's talk about it. I feel like I have to give it at least a couple more weeks before I openly talk about (laughs) spoilers on the show because I'm aware I binge watched it in a day, which is like wacky. Most people can't watch it that fast, so I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Moving on, I also have watched, can you tell I've had a lot of um, downtime because of the holidays? I was like, I have to fit everything that I need to watch into basically two days so I can get caught up on everything. Guys, I finally watched Good Omens, wow. It's so good. In case you don't know what it is, it's based on the novel by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. So um, both okay writers, I guess. Uh, No. Two of the best writers of all time. So, of course, uh, the story is great. Uh, David Tennant and Michael Sheen. How dare you? How dare you be so good? I mean, I listen, I the only criticism I can levy at this show is it relies entirely on David Tennant and Michael Sheen. If their performances were bad, the show would be bad. But I mean, we could say that about like any show, right? I could say that about the kids from Stranger Things. Uh, if the kids were bad, the show would be bad. Like, no shit. But those characters, uh, Crowley and uh, Aziraphale, are so central to the story. And their friendship and love story is so important that if that doesn't work, nothing else works. But thankfully it works and it thrives. It's so good. Um, John Hamm. John Hamm's great in it as well. And yeah, I, I really loved it. They are 100% in love. Anybody who says that subtext is high, it is text. The entire story is about their love. Uh, yeah. I just realized we're at the 23-minute mark, so I'm going to power through the rest of this. Finished Killing Eve, season two. Loved it. Thought it was great. Big Little Lies continues to be a wild ride. Meryl Streep is chewing the scenery every single moment and making just bananas choices that I don't even know if they necessarily work. They're just so weird that it's like captivating to watch. Uh, Nicole Kidman got to slap Meryl Streep. What a dream. I bet she woke up really early that day because she was excited. I bet she got up at like 4 a.m. and she was like, oh, fuck, I can't sleep. I get to slap Meryl today. What a dream. 
Um, not that I don't like Meryl Streep. I think she's wonderful, but oh, you only get to, I mean, <laughs> I almost said you only get to slap an iconic actress once. That's not even true. <laughs> it's not like everybody gets to do that once in a lifetime. Almost no one gets to do that. That's why it's so special. Um, but I bet she was really excited that day where she's like, oh, I'm really going to let her have it. It's going to be great. Uh, and it was great. It was a great moment. Uh, so yeah, I continue to, it's a circus, but I love Big Little Lies. Guys, that's enough of the recommendations. Wow, that was a lot. Um, do you have any recommendations? Hashtag Light Trees and Pod. Always love to hear recommendations from you guys about what I should be watching. So without further ado, let's all hold hands and cry. Here is your bad news. We got to start the bad news section with Trump's stupid tank parade uh, in Washington, D.C., which cost taxpayers uh, $2.5 million. Yep, definitely couldn't use uh, that money for anything else. Uh, So it turned out to be a flop. You know, it rained. Um, Trump was set to give a speech at the Lincoln Memorial. Um, You know, the MAGA supporters still turned out, but it looked super, super sparse from all of the footage. Um, Of course, it did rain, so that probably kept people from coming out. Um, And, you know, Trump gave a speech behind some rain protective plexiglass, advocating for the creation of Space Force. (laughs) Cannot believe that. Uh, Promising to plant an American flag on Mars. Uh, And yeah, basically got to live out his little dictator fantasy, which is extra bizarre when you consider this is a man who's never served in the military, but he wanted a military parade. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, wish it hadn't cost millions of dollars. Uh, and it was a super creepy moment, you know, never, never good to see, uh, the president standing like a dictator as tanks roll by, especially considering, and this is a nitpicky note, but tanks are very heavy and they're not good for infrastructure. So they're, they're bad to roll down, uh, asphalt and roads and, and pavement. They cause the pavement to collapse this is perhaps an ironic time to do this considering American infrastructure is so bad that those millions of dollars could have gone towards repaving roads as opposed to collapsing them underneath heavy, heavy tanks. So that's just my, you know, I got to get my infrastructure rant in there. Um, So fuck Trump. Also, I wanted to talk about this case. Okay. So, a judge who is overseeing the case of a 16-year-old boy uh, who has been accused of raping another teenager and circulating a video of the assault to his friends decided to be very nice to the alleged rapist because he came from, quote, a good family and was doing, quote, unquote, extremely well in school. Okay, let's see. This was in Monmouth County. Uh, 
Um, according to the court filings, both teens uh, named GMC and Mary in the documents attended a basement party. It's unclear when and where this occurred, where both consumed alcohol and appeared visibly drunk. During the alleged assault, the teenage boy filmed himself penetrating Mary from behind on his cell phone, displaying her bare torso and her head hanging down. When some other partygoers checked up on Mary, she was on the floor vomiting. The next day, Mary told her mother her fear that sexual things had happened at the party and that she did not understand how she had gotten bruise marks on her body or how her clothing had been torn. After the alleged assault, GMC shared the video he took with his friends along with the text, quote, when your first time having sex was rape. Okay, so that seems like pretty this is alice and i'm not reading the article anymore that seems like a confession <laughs> right uh when your first time having sex was rape so you're aware it was rape you shared the video with all of your gross little friends who should also be prosecuted <laughs> no i don't want to be a prosecutorial uh liberal but i a prosecutorial sorry a carceral liberal same thing though um, but I do think there should be consequences if you are shared a video of rape, unless you report it, in which case you're a whistleblower and that's good. But if you are in any way, uh, complicit in covering it up, there should be consequences as well. Those consequences should not be jail time, but there should be some kind of consequences. So, uh, after Mary's family pressed charges, Monmouth County prosecutors in September 2017 petitioned the family court judge overseeing the case to try the 16-year-old as an adult due to the sophisticated and predatory nature of GMC's actions. Uh, So this is from the New York Times. At the time he led Mary into the basement gym, she was visibly intoxicated and unable to walk without stumbling, the prosecutor wrote. For the duration of the assault, the lights in the gym remained off and the door was barred by a foosball table. Filming a cell phone video while committing the assault was a deliberate act of debasement. Uh, The prosecutor said the boy lied to Mary in the following months while simultaneously sharing the video. This was neither a childish uh, misinterpretation of the situation, nor was it a misunderstanding, the prosecutor wrote. GMC's behavior was calculated and cruel. But Judge James uh, Troiano refused that petition in July of last year, and in making the case for his decision, he used some all-too-familiar arguments, including that there was a distinction between sexual assault and a rape, okay, and that a traditional case of rape, quote-unquote, was a stranger attacking someone at gunpoint. Troiano also questioned whether or not this young lady was intoxicated to the point that she didn't understand what was going on. Triano also defended the teenager accused of rape based on the fact that he came from a good family and showed a lot of potential based on his academic scores. Apparently, the potential of Mary doesn't matter at all. Shockingly, right? Um, So, yeah, I mean, this judge is like a cartoon character, including the, like, we, when I say we, like, on this show, we have joked. I don't know if joke's the right word, but we've talked a lot about that idea of a traditional case of rape because for so many people that means um a dangerous black man raping a white blonde lady in an alley and they're they don't know each other it's like 
a random act of violence or like a mugging or something. That's what most people consider to be a quote unquote traditional case of rape. A scary black person has attacked a white blonde lady and she must be blonde. Um, And we joke about that, but like here's a judge, a fucking judge saying that's true. And it's like, that's not true. Like most rape cases look like this. Most rape cases are date rape or, or, people who know each other drinking too much and and um they're not being consent you know like this is what rape looks like the traditional quote-unquote case of rape the scary black man in the alley attacking the blonde white lady that's an anomaly that that happens almost a statistically insignificant amount of times uh so let's see what else do i have in bad news Oh, okay. So this almost went in good news because it seemed like for a second the Trump administration wasn't going to put a citizenship question on the census. That's originally what the administration announced. Then Trump blew up everything with a tweet. uh, And then all hell broke loose. So on Wednesday, midday, Trump tweeted that News reports saying the administration was dropping the question. Reports based on official statements from the Justice Department and Commerce Department were quote-unquote fake in all caps locks. So then U.S. District Judge George Hazel has to call Trump's lawyers in the Justice Department and basically is like, what the fuck is happening? You guys said that you were dropping this census question now, I follow Trump on Twitter, <clears throat> and I see him tweeting this, what is going on? Um, and frustratingly, and like, listen, anybody at this point who works to help this administration in any way is a collaborator, but <laughs> you do feel like a twinge of sympathy for the lawyers because they were completely blindsided, and then they have to pick up the pieces. So they were basically like, we don't know what's going on. We're trying to figure it out. As far as we understood, the question wasn't going to be on the census, but now we're trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Um, So this was Joseph uh, Hunt, who leads the Justice Department's civil division. We at the Department of Justice have been instructed to examine whether there is a path forward consistent with the Supreme Court's decision that would allow us to include the citizenship question on the census. We think there may be a legally available path under the Supreme Court's decision. We're examining that, looking at near-term options to see whether that's viable and possible. But they don't offer, like, details about how they could possibly do that. Uh, So, yeah, bad news, frustrating news. It seemed like good news for a second that they were going to have to drop the census question, but... Trump really doesn't want to do that. He really wants to keep tabs on how many immigrants are in the country for some reason. I'm sure it's not nefarious purposes, guys. I'm sure, I'm sure he just wants to know how many welcome baskets to buy. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. And then I wanted to talk about climate change because I always want to talk about climate change and bad news. Uh, Anchorage, Alaska. We got to talk about Alaska, guys. Uh, so I have a friend who, no big deal, I have friends, you guys, who just recently moved to Alaska with his family, uh, his wife and his baby 
daughter. And I still follow him on social media. And he was posting photos of where they live in Alaska and specifically like him playing outside with his daughter. And I was just struck by like, so it's summer here in New York City. And I was like, oh, man. Alex is going to start to post photos of him and his daughter in like winter gear and there's going to be a ton of snow behind them. And he started posting photos and it looks like, it looks like they're still in New York. Like she's in shorts and a t-shirt and she's playing outside in the grass and the grass is really green. And I was like, that just looks like you're still in New York. That should not be the case in Alaska. And then I saw this story. Uh, Anchorage, Alaska has shattered an all time heat record and it could get even hotter still. Temperatures spiked to 90 degrees for the first time in the city's history. 90 degrees in Anchorage, Alaska. That is wild. Um, the National Weather Service said temperatures around the city were unusually high on the 4th of July thanks to a massive heat dome that settled over Alaska, which has seen more than 30 days in a row of above average temperatures. Readings on Thursday shattered a 50-year-old temperature record set June 14, 1969, when the mercury hit 85 degrees. So the heat wave is expected to continue through July 8th, and weather officials said thermometers could top out around 90 degrees again and again. So I always talk about on the show how weather and, and climate are separate, and the reason we say that is because... Um, Every time it snows when it's supposed to be historically hot out, conservatives are like, well, if there's climate change and it's getting warmer, why do I have this snowball in my hand? And that's why it's really important to talk about climate versus weather. Climate is like the long range trend uh, where we can see the 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 climb of the temperature historically, whereas weather will have these little dips every um, ever so often, but overall the trend is upwards, right? So that's why it's important to step back and look at weather over like the past, or uh, I'm sorry, climate over the past hundred years as opposed to like the day-to-day weather. But uh, climate scientists agree this is all part of climate change, this this dramatic heating in Alaska, which is not good. It should not be 90 degrees in Alaska, considering the the history of our climate. So that's really fucking scary, you guys. Uh, sea level or sea ice around the state is at dramatically low levels, and ocean temperatures around the region are far above normal, and that's really bad because sea ice is sort of the air conditioning for the planet. Um, it's how the oceans stay cool enough to support life. Um, that's why you see those really depressing photos of like polar bears swimming for miles and miles and miles trying to find some kind of ice because their environment has changed so dramatically, they have not been able to adapt because humans have done a very good job of dramatically warming the climate and destroying the planet. We're really, really good at destroying the planet, is what I'm saying. Um, Guys, that's enough of the bad. Let's celebrate some good. Here's your good news. (laughs) 
All right. So this next story originally was going to go in the bad news section. And like, if not the first bad news story I wanted to talk about, definitely top three. But there's a positive update to it. So I think it should go in the good news uh, section. So prosecutors have finally dropped the ludicrous manslaughter charges against uh, Marcia Jones, uh, an Alabama woman who somehow uh, was being prosecuted because she was shot in the stomach, causing her to miscarry. And originally the prosecutors, (coughs) I believe their argument was they accused uh, Jones of having started the fight. So when she was shot and she lost the fetus, they were like, well, that's manslaughter because you you started the fight, which was so dystopian and insane that people rightfully, uh, you know, brought up The Handmaid's Tale where it's like, first of all, she didn't kill a child. Um, And and it wasn't her fault that it happened. And she certainly didn't plan like being shot and like. It was just, it was very dystopian. It was very scary. It was a a really, really dangerous precedent to set. So uh, this is uh, Jefferson County District Attorney uh, Lanessia Washington speaking to reporters. After viewing the facts of this case and the applicable state law, I have determined that this is not in the best interest of justice to pursue prosecution of Ms. Jones on the manslaughter charge for which she was indicted by the grand jury. Therefore, I am dismissing this case and no further legal action will be taken against Ms. Jones in this matter. Thank God. Uh, so this obviously, I'm just going to credit uh, Twitter. <laughs> no, I, I'm going to credit all of the activists who, um, you know, there was a huge national outcry about this story. Um, and... I, I really credit those those activists for this case being dropped because it was so absurd and there was so much attention brought to the case that I think the prosecutors were like, Ugh, never mind, never mind. We're not going to prosecute this. So good work, everyone. That would have just been such a horrific precedent to set that I'm I'm putting in the good news section because it's like, yeah, let's let's not go down this road. Um, also in good news, congratulations to Halle Bailey, our new Little Mermaid. Um, she, and I'm sure you've seen this on Twitter, has been cast as Ariel in Disney's forthcoming live-action Little Mermaid. And it, it's getting a lot of attention because Halle Bailey is a young black woman. Um, and I think she's great casting. If you haven't seen any photos of her, she has like a very ethereal look to her. She looks like, you know, I would easily buy that that she lives under the sea and she's a Disney princess. And also, more importantly, uh, if you've never heard her sing, I highly encourage you go to YouTube and Google or uh, YouTube some clips of Halle Bailey singing because she has the voice of a Disney princess. She's going to kill this role she's gonna be great um and more importantly her casting pissed off a lot of racists which is also great news uh because you know apparently racists think it's very very important that our totally fictional um mermaid princesses always be white Uh, that's very important to them that's like something they're like obsessed with for some reason Um, even though they're completely fictional characters and not real and they could be any race. But, you know, they're racist, so they want them to be white. I will say 
there was a lot of attention being paid to one account on Twitter of ostensibly a young white girl saying that like my Ariel is white and has red hair. And then there were follow-up tweets where she's like, I can't be racist because my best friend's half black and people (laughs) were retweeting it a lot because it was so ridiculous. I will caution you all that appears to be a fake account. Um, All of the photos have been lifted off of Google and it seems like it's just a troll or somebody who wants to upset a bunch of people. So, you know, I would always just caution people like, um, your retweets amplify people. And maybe we don't want to amplify people who are clearly just trying to stir up trouble and get people to fight about something that we shouldn't even be fighting about. So um, there's other rumored casting, including uh, Jacob Tremblay and Aquafina and maybe Melissa McCarthy playing Ursula. I don't know how I feel about that one. But... Um, yeah, I, I do love Halle Bailey as Ariel. And I'll watch it. You guys, you know I'm going to watch it. Uh, also, in good news, I wanted to give a shout out to the women of the U.S. soccer team um, who beat England 2-1. And I wasn't even going to watch this game, but I was having a very, very bad day the other day. And uh, my friend Meredith, who has co-hosted the show with me before, was like, hey, you should come over. I'm going to watch uh, the women's soccer match. And I was like, hell yeah. I haven't watched any of the Women's World Cup. And I felt really bad about that um, because they're such a good team. And I love the fan base around them. And the games have apparently been really exciting. So I was like, I'm going to go watch with you. And uh, it was for <laughs> Meredith's birthday. And she was very nervous about this game because she said it was going to be a tough one. And then the U.S. women's team won 2-1, to one, and they played beautifully. And it was really a pleasure to watch them. And most importantly, this team does not like Trump. <laughs> they were, several of the players have been asked if they would meet with the president, and they were all like, um, we don't recognize him uh, as being a legitimate leader. Uh, he's a bad man. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But they, they, um, understandably, are not fans of Trump, which makes me even bigger fans of them. Hell yeah, ladies. Good job. Uh, But they really are an extraordinary team. If you have not seen them play yet, uh, do watch them while you can. They are an older team as far as soccer teams go. And, um, you know, it's definitely they're approaching uh, passing of the guards moment where uh, some of the older players in all likelihood will retire. And who knows when we're going to have a team this dominant again. So watch these ladies play while you can. Um, Obviously, Megan Rapinoe, but uh, all of the players, uh, co-captain Alex Morgan, like they're all extraordinarily good. Um, But yeah, watch them while you can. It's a special time in soccer, so... And it's also like a special time in women's athletics too. I feel like I feel about the way I feel about the women's um, World Cup and the women's U.S. soccer team as I do about our USA gymnastics team, which is nobody gives a shit about men's gymnastics <laughs> in the Olympics. Maybe you do. Maybe you're a hardcore gymnastics fans and a fan, and you're pissed at me that I said that right now. But 
everybody loves our women's team because they're so dominant. They win gold always. And then you watch the men's team and you're like, why are they falling down so much? You're not supposed to fall down that much. And it, you just forget that the women are so extraordinary. They make it look so easy. And it's not easy. It's fucking hard. Most teams are falling down a lot. Our team just does not fall down. <laughs> uh, and s- the same with the women's uh, soccer team. You watch the men play and you're like, why do they keep losing? Why don't they make goals? And then you watch the women and it's like beautiful passing. Just gorgeous goals. Um, yeah, do yourself a favor. Stop watching the news for a little bit and go watch the women play soccer. It'll make you feel good for a little bit. So also I wanted to shout out Illinois. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker signed an executive order on Sunday that aims to help strengthen protections for transgender students in the state's schools, calling it a step towards securing Illinois' place as a leader in equality and hope. According to the Chicago Tribune, that's how you say that, not the Chicago Tribune, the executive order will establish a task force that will study transgender students' rights and work with the State Board of Education to ensure LGBTQ students have a welcoming and inclusive experience in school. CNN reports that the task force will also come up with ways to strengthen rights for LGBTQ students and come up with procedures for previously gender normative things like student records, dress codes, and names and pronouns. Pritzker will appoint 25 people to the task force with a report due in January 2020. So this is how bureaucracy works, right? We, we appoint a council and we put people on the council or task force, I guess, and they issue recommendations. So obviously this is all like TBD and who knows how many years in the future it will be TBD, but this is definitely a step in the right direction. I think. So I wanted to commend Illinois for uh, moving in the direction of progress and understanding and egalitarianism and away from the direction of like fear mongering and hatred and bigotry. Because a lot of, you know, the fear mongering over bathroom access and stuff like that preys upon people being ignorant and not really understanding what it is to be transgender. Uh, they are picturing cis, scary cis men dressed up as women, attacking women in bathrooms. And it's like, well, if that's your fear, you're actually afraid of cis men. And in that case, join the fucking club. Who's <laughs> not afraid of cis men? Uh, I'm not afraid of transgender women using the women's bathroom because um, those are just women looking for a place to pee. And we're all just looking for a place, a quiet place to pee in this world. Leave people alone when they're in the bathroom, you weirdo. Why are you trying to see people when they're peeing? I don't trust you at all. Okay. So finally, wanted to shout out, because like Pride Month is technically over, I guess, but it's always alive in our hearts. I wanted to shout out little Nas X, who recently came out uh, as gay. He wrote a tweet Sunday urging fans to listen closely to Closure, which is one of his tracks. And everybody was sort of like, what? What does that mean? And then, so he posted screenshots, uh, I guess from the video? Unclear. But in one of the the scenes, there's like a, a rainbow. And he captioned it, Deadass thought I made it obvious. So then everybody was like, oh, Lil Nas X just came out. Um, 
So yeah, I think that's awesome. I think Lil Nas X continues to break boundaries in all kinds of ways, whether it's people telling him, you're not country enough. And he's like, okay, well now I have Billy Ray Cyrus in my song. So am I still not country enough? And now he's coming out as gay. And I think it's awesome. I think he's a really (laughs) interesting person that it's like every time somebody tries to put a label on him, he's like, actually I'm this too. And everybody's like, (gasps) Lil Nas X. Um, So yeah, that was very cool. Uh, I think he should be commended uh, because there's still a lot of obviously a a lot of homophobia and I'm not going to say in the rap community because there's homophobia everywhere in general. There's just homophobia everywhere. But I do think it's important that, you know, he, he spoke out and lived his truth. I'll say that. So, and also I instantly have his song in my head again. Um, That is such a fucking catchy song, which brings me back to if you have any music recommendations for me, I'll add that one to the list as well. I love Lil Nas X. <laughs> so we have Carly Rae Jepsen. Uh, we have Billie Eilish, Lil Nas X, Lizzo. Um, so if if you're like, oh, you like that, you'll love this. Tweet me. Send it to me. I need new music. I keep listening to the same tracks over and over and over again. Um, guys, if you had any thoughts about today's episode at all, hashtag light trees and pod. If you happen to not be on Twitter at the moment or ever, first of all, congratulations on living your best life, but you can also email the show light trees and news at Gmail. You can message us on Instagram, on Facebook. I'll see it eventually. I just may not respond to it immediately on Facebook. And yeah, please go to patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. Sign up to be a supporter of mine over there. Or you can go to lighttreason.news and smash that donate button to keep us going. Guys, we are a word of mouth operation. Uh, Tell your friends about the show. That's the only way they'll hear about it. Uh, Also, I have a show that I wrote and I will be starring in at the UCB Theater July 22nd. At 6 o'clock p.m., it's called Welcome to the New Church. We'll probably go on a little later, actually, at like 6.30, because we're the second uh, show. But if you're in the New York City area, come out for that. It's going to be very fun. I have put together a great cast with a great director. I'm really excited about it. We got uh, a, a spot at the UCB Theater in Hell's Kitchen. Very excited about that. Do come out if you can. I'm sure I'll be advertising that places. What else? What else? What else? Um, If you have any recommendations, you can email the show or uh, if you want priority access, patreon.com slash Allison Kilkenny. Become a $5 a month member and you can send questions, recommendations that I'll read on the show, especially for you. Thanks so much for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. (laughs) 